What's up, everybody? This is TJ Reed, and you are listening to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. We are on a mission to help you develop consistency, a thriving career, and to find company for the journey as a leader. Join us and leaders from over 300 cities around the world as we now dive into Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership, your ho-ho-ho healthy dose of leadership. Today, we are going to talk about leading yourself through the holidays, and I'm excited to have two special guests with us. Uh, My first guest is somebody that is brand new to Vitamin Lead. His name is Noah Kay. You may have heard me talk about him, Uh, but Noah, he's a husband to Trisha, dad to Davis, Lily, and Grayson, and a family that loves people tons. Uh, He is an influencer, communicator. He was a pastor for a season, international leadership trainer for a season, leadership coach. And now Noah is leading the way at Integer Network, where he is equipping and coaching people and teams into authentic living and whole hearts. And even more than that, Noah is a great friend to Jess and and I, and uh, so grateful for his friendship. Noah, welcome to Vitamin Lead. Thanks, TJ. So glad to be with you finally here on this podcast. It's going to be awesome. And uh, here to my left, probably your right, I uh, want to introduce, uh, she, she's no stranger to Vitamin Lead. She was on our Hi. 100th episode. <laughs> uh, Jess Reed is a weight loss coach, life coach, keto enthusiast, keto enthusiast wife and mother. Uh, she leads the Keto Fit Weight Loss Coaching for Women, where she empowers women through the confidence-building catalyst of weight loss to become the best versions of themselves. <laughs> accomplish the dreams they have for their lives. Jess has over 12 years experience in education and counseling and coaching, and we are excited to have her here uh, for Vitamin Lead. Jess, welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. (laughs) Okay, so today uh, the topic we're talking about is leading yourself through the holidays. And so uh, we are going to be talking about uh, family, food, and finances as something that we are digging through here. And so uh, the first question I just want to toss out to both of you is what are some of your favorite memories of the holidays? Who wants to go first on that one? Oh, I'll I'll go. My favorite memory is um, a tradition that our families had since we were, since I was a child, was that my grandfather would read the Christmas story, which would be the the biblical account of the Christmas story of the birth of Jesus from Luke chapter two. And he would read that since we were little kids and we'd all sit around at his feet. And it was this moment of, that just marked that the holidays were were on us and that this was just something we always looked forward to. And then when he passed, we called him Pop. When Pop passed, my dad began to read it and he read it for many years until he passed last year. And so that, when you ask this question, that is the first thing that comes to my mind is how special it was for us all to gather around and hear the Christmas story read um, by the elder statesman of the family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Jess, you want to share anything? It's very patriarchal of you, Noah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> we'll pass, we're going to pass it on to a woman soon. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. I volunteer. So my favorite uh, memory was probably the year that you and I lived in New York and my dad came to visit for Christmas 
and he took the train from Boston to uh, Long Island and we went and picked him up on Christmas morning and we spent the day together just hanging out and I made a nice big dinner just for these two guys and it was just a really nice nice day that's awesome what about you uh, so for me, the one that came to my mind was there was a, my dad managed apartments growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, and there was a Christmas Eve where the whole building had been cleaned out and uh, they had an indoor pool at this uh, apartment building. And so we went swimming on Christmas Eve with my grandpa and my dad and just had a blast. It was something that I'd never done before. And it was, it's just one that sticks out as just a really fun memory being all together there. And so. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> well, you're, you you're a big Christmas guy, aren't you? I'm a big Christmas guy, as you can tell behind me here. Yeah. Love it. I love that about you. Yeah. Ha Halloween night, kids are trick-or-treating out on my street, and I'm lugging the Christmas tree into the house to set up. So I'm quite obsessed with it. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, let's let's dive into the family piece because this is obviously something that when holidays are coming up people are like okay how am i gonna uh love work with uh be in the same proximity as my family depending on uh how they feel about it but um no i want to toss this one out to you because you you deal with helping people with like wholeness and authenticity how can someone be authentic if they don't have a good relationship with their family especially during the holidays that's a great question you know, I think it has a lot to do with how we show up in the, in the event, in the space, at the party, at the meal. Um, you know, I think authenticity is often defined in tons of different ways. Um, I like to toggle between that word and the word genuine. It seems to also capture something of the spirit of it. And um, often we think authenticity means saying everything we think, revealing it all. And I'm not sure that's true. In fact, I'm sure it isn't true. Um, and so I think that we can show up very genuinely in the holidays with our families, regardless of the depth of relationship we have with them. We can show up genuinely compassionate, genuinely caring. We can be genuinely interested in how they're doing we can be genuinely excited about the experience we're gonna to have together or the meal we're gonna share or the, or the dish that I fixed or whatever. Um, genuinely curious about what we're gonna to do together or how we can have a good time. There's a lot of ways to be authentic that don't include saying everything we're thinking and feeling. And so I, I, I wonder if we would invite ourselves to show up genuinely in a lot of different ways. So taking that word and adding it before a ton of different positive ways to show up with your family during the holidays. We're so limited in our thinking often. Like we, authenticity just means we come in and talk about the elephant in the room. And that is not necessarily true or the most effective and wise way to engage with our families in the holidays. So how else can we genuinely show up? That would be a question that I would lay before us. That's good. Yeah, I like that. So you're, you're saying like, a lot of times people think that authenticity means being kind of like gut-wrenchingly honest, but yep. it's more like thinking of it in terms of showing up as the person who you really want to be. That's right. Mm -hmm. And, and showing up, um, you know, unplanned 
and without an agenda means I'm actually coming just to try to be present. It's not easy for us to be present, especially when there's underwater boogies and elephants running around the room, but I'm coming to just be present with you. Like I, I'm not coming with an agenda that I need to accomplish something or face a tough conversation or unearth a memory or fix something that you know needs to be resolved between us. Maybe coming without agenda and learning to be genuinely other things other than gut-wrenchingly honest, is the road to getting where you want to get, because that's going to build trust. So, yeah. yeah. Do, do you think we, we try to be gut-wrenchingly honest because we kind of make ourselves the center of that instead of trying to make other people the center of it? Well, you're, yeah, we're definitely bringing our need, aren't we? We're bringing a need that we have um, that the other may not be able to meet or ready to face. And so... I wonder what else we could do with our needs other than assume this limited option that the other has to fix it. Might there be ways that I can process this need, that I could share this need with someone else, that God could somehow work with me in this need? Because the truth of the matter is in all of our families, there's relationships that it just ain't happening. You're just not going to get what you want. And we've got to find another way to make this happen. Like we, we, there comes a place in many of our family relationships where we go, this is about what I'm going to get out of this and yeah. learning to be grateful for that. So, yeah. Yeah. I heard somebody say uh, a few years back, they're like, you got to understand who the people in your life that like can dump buckets and those that are like thimbleful people and accept where they're at. And for some people giving the thimbleful of, encouragement or compliment or something like that that's the best they can do and so you've got to learn to appreciate that when you get that from them um, instead of resenting them that they're not a bucket full type of person it's good anything you'd add to that um i recently have been doing some reading on acceptance and commitment therapy it's called act and um i really enjoyed kind of the premise of it i was introduced to it by someone um but kind of the premise is that you stop trying to change your thoughts and your feelings. Um, I think that we do this a lot. We kind of reject it and we say, oh, that's a bad thought or that's a bad feeling. Let me try to replace it with a better one or whatever. So the premise of this is that you just stop fighting it, that you just kind of sit and be okay with the difficult thought or feeling that you're having. Um, like, oh, I wish that such and such family member would treat me differently, or I wish that I could be more understood or whatever. Um, so you just kind of sit with it, accept it, let it go, and then commit towards your valued behavior. Um, so regardless of this situation or this circumstance or being misunderstood by this person or wanting this to be different, <clears throat> what is my valued behavior and how, how am I in control to be able to move towards that? I love that. Mm -hmm. That's so good. <laughs> um, Okay, thank you guys for, for both for that. Um, one of the words we often hear with holidays is the word obligation mm -hmm. as something in regards to family or friends. And so um, I, I don't necessarily know how to approach this question, but how do we unpack that word obligation? How do we set boundaries in this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have thoughts? Um, yeah, so I, I was thinking about the word obligation and uh, 
I think the truth of the matter is, is that obligation is something that we feel, but it's not actually real. The only obligations that we have are things that we've obligated ourselves to. Now, other people will always have an agenda for us, but we kind of talked about this the last time that I was on the show about uh, not sitting in the driver's seat of your own life. You're sitting in the passenger seat of your own life and letting somebody else drive it. And I think at the holidays, especially, we tend to get really stressed out and feel that more than ever. We feel other people's agendas more mm-hmm. than ever. There's a bazillion invites. Um, you know, there's a bazillion opportunities for other people to have their feelings hurt if you don't show up to something or if you don't offer to do what it is that you normally do every year or just whatever. We feel that pressure more than ever that we're going to let people down. But thank God, we actually don't have any obligations. It, 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 it's a matter of <laughs> if we do have an obligation, we can get out of it. We just have to ask ourselves, what is it going to cost us to get out of it? So I was thinking um, about when you and I first moved down here and we were living with my sister and her husband for about nine months and we were really itching to go find our own place to live. So we may not have been the best at researching and doing our due diligence. And we ended up renting an apartment in an area of town that we didn't know was a great, it was not a great area of town. And we signed a one year lease, right? And so about three months in, we knew that we needed to get out of this lease. We had an obligation, a very true obligation. We signed our name on the dotted line. I am obligated to pay rent to these people for an entire year, but here's the way to get out of it. You can break the lease and you can still pay all the money, but I don't have to live here anymore. So you can get out of the obligation. So if you have an obligation to show up to your mother-in-law's house on Christmas Eve, you can get out of that. But what is the consequence of you getting out of that? And you just have to ask yourself, do I want to take the consequence of getting out of this, whatever it might be, or do I want to live with the consequence of me not wanting to do this and being bitter about it? You're the one that's in control though. You always have a choice. And so that's a very freeing thing. And I think that we need to take the responsibility on ourselves and say like, I'm not stuck. I, I am not in a position where I don't have choices. Um, now, I also don't think that we should just be a jerk and say like, well, I'm not obligated to anybody. I'm not doing anything. It's all about me. Right. Um, but I think it should be about like what Noah was saying, like, who do you want to be this holiday season? Who do you want to show up for well? What does it look like to be a good son-in-law to go over to your mother-in-law's house? Like, how does this line up with your valued behavior and then operate in that way? And if there's so much dissonance that you can't, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. That's so good, Jess. I, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. When I anticipated this question about boundaries, I thought to myself, my, my, my answer, TJ, is who says? Mm-hmm. And when we really sit with that question, I mean, what percentage of these obligations that we have are self-imposed? I mean, if we, I don't know, but I want to, I want to suggest that it's a pretty high level of them and they're imagined, they're felt, and they may be felt for good reason. There may be evidence that says when I in the past have not performed this act, I have felt this reaction and I don't like that reaction. So I now feel I need to do this thing or be at that event. 
but they're very much felt, they're very much assumed, and they're not actual. You can't grab them. So they're, they're really funny, these obligation guys. I say, who says? I mean, to a lot of these. So my, my thought about it, though, is that really at the core of it, so I'm a fan of, like, love. I think love's a really great thing. So another way of saying it is compassion. So I think there's two types of compassion that are fighting here, self-compassion and others' compassion. You really want people of love and compassion to our family, even when they're broken and messed up and have hurt our hearts. So that's the game we're playing around this obligation question is who am I going to show compassion to? My tender heart, my need for boundaries. I'm not a huge fan of the word. I'm a big fan of the concept. I think the word all sends, immediately sends off sirens for people, boundaries, oh, they're pushing me away. But I love the concept. So I like to think of it in terms of self-compassion. I need to love myself well, or I can't love you well. And so Jesus gets to this idea of love your neighbor as yourself. That's at the core of it all. So how in the world does this self-love thing work? What I know is I'm not good at it and I've not done enough of it. And I need more language and more, more experience with figuring out how to love Noah. So I need to give Noah compassion to have his rest, to have his space. I need to give Noah the compassion he needs to show up healthy. So, but I have to toggle because I really do want to love others well. I can't just camp in self-compassion. I got to then be compassionate to others. So it's a game around who am I going to show compassion to in this moment? I'm feeling like I have to go to this event, but I need space. I don't think it'll be healthy for me. Sometimes I'm going to choose to have my compassion on myself and protect myself and not attend, but I need to then invite myself to be brave enough to put others first and be a little uncomfortable or not really do what I want, but you can't do all of either. It has to be back and forth, give and take, fill and give away. And I think that's how we have to ebb and flow with these whole holiday obligation stuff, but just some thoughts. Mm -hmm. I had a question come to my mind as you were talking, Noah. Um, when you're, when you uh, lived in international context, was it different there? Was there social obligation, cultural requirements maybe that uh, obligated people are with? Is it the same way in some of those other countries that you've lived in and been a part of? Yeah, I think it's everywhere. I mean, I think it's universal. I mean, in family systems and I can remember having conversations with some of my African friends, for those listening, we lived in South Africa for five years and then in Tanzania for a few years. And uh, traveled extensively around Africa and just yeah you meet people from tons of different cultural backgrounds and oh it gets even I'd say even more complex in some ways because you have traditions that are very tribal and uh, have carried on for a long time but modern young African uh, or especially urban young Africans, they're like, oh my word, I don't want to do this stupid tradition. And they, but they're so gracious that they, so yeah, they fight it even worse. I have to go back to the village and kill a goat and spread the blood on the blah, blah, blah. Like, they're like, I'm so over it. I want to get on Instagram. So you have this reality in Africa that's just stark um, when it comes to these obligations. And yeah, they, they do exist around holidays, but also around other, especially around births, weddings and deaths those are huge and mm -hmm. so there's where it gets really funky especially death because of the value for ancestors and the dead so yeah it's it's, it's there and it's funny i got stories but we don't have time for them yeah. <laughs>
Did you want to say something else? I'm sorry. No. Okay. Um, no, no, I think you've already talked to this, but uh, kind of last question on this topic of family. Um, I, I just wanted to ask, should we bring hard things out into the open with family or should we mainly focus on dealing with our own emotions uh, before we are with family? I mean, my answer is simply, if there's a big fat green light, like it's like a big old clear inarguable opportunity for a deep exchange and the, the table set relationally and it's just this moment you've never thought could happen you walk into it joyfully and calmly and lean towards saying less you can't get it back once it's said but you go into it plan it and bring it up nope i don't think so i, I just don't think that's the space um that's just my personal take got it you walk into the opportunity when it's there. I had one at Thanksgiving last year with 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 uh, family, um, my brother and his wife, and we just had an incredible open talk. And it was till one o'clock in the morning, standing in the kitchen. And uh, I, I think the wine helped, but I think we um, just were able to have some really honest conversation. And I really appreciated that talk. And I look back with very positive memories about what we were able to accomplish in our relationship during that conversation. But it was clear we were supposed to have it. It was time and it wasn't, if you feel anxious and you're like scared and you're, you're just don't do it. I mean, don't mark your holiday with a blow up. Mark it with love and grace and listening. And if they just need to do it and you don't feel safe, let them talk. But again, you gotta feel that big time green light and walk into it like yeah. it's a construction zone that you can rebuild something. But otherwise, I'd say lean into other times and spaces, not holidays. I like it. But I, yeah. I wish you had a different opinion. Well, I think that um, it, like, it might be a more difficult situation for people who have like a really strong honesty trait. Um, because people who it's very important to them to honestly represent themselves with others. They might feel like they're being untrue to themselves and just trying to play nice and, you know, get through it. And to sit through something like that actually feels the opposite of enjoyable for, for people sometimes. Um, and that itself can make you anxious. Like to not say something can, can make you feel anxious to just sit there. Um, I relate to that. So, um, I think for me, I've always, uh, I have a very strong honesty trait though. Oh, there we go. Now you know why I said that. Um, <laughs> so one thing that I have found helpful is to ask myself, like, what is the end result that I actually desire out of this? And what is it going to cost me to get to that result? And is the cost of it worth the trade-off? So if you actually desire do you have a need that you just need to like say what you need to say to get it off your chest? Mm -hmm. uh, are you trying to reform the other person? Like, are you actually hoping that what it is that you're going to say is going to accomplish them changing their behavior? Um, if that's what you're hoping for, then you probably shouldn't say it like, because you can't change anybody else. But if for some reason you have such a strong need that you just need to say it, I would agree with Noah not to say it at the holidays. <laughs> like, don't say it over Thanksgiving dinner. Um, but, you know, you might want to approach the conversation before entering into it. 
you know, um, maybe when your loved one calls you up or you got an RSVP or just whatever, and you know that you can't possibly, you know, sit through something like that, or it's just going to be hell on earth for you ask to have a conversation beforehand or, or whatever. But yeah, if you know that, if you can try to think in terms of like, is this actually worth it to me to go ahead and say whatever it is that I feel like I need to say, then do it. Um, but otherwise, it might not be worth it. And only you know the answer to that. So. Thanks for that. I really value what you said. I have the same honesty trait, by mm -hmm. the way. I've just, as I've studied, researched, and learned to practice authenticity more, I'm realizing a lot of times there's just, it's not the healthiest stuff I find when I look inside about why I need to say this thing. One of the biggest ones for me is being understood. Yeah. And I've had to work at, I always ask myself this question now. If I'm never understood, would that be okay? Could I still love them? You know, just giving up like eternally the need. Yeah. And uh, it really touches my sense of insecurity is what I find that, that they have to understand me. Um, mm -hmm. Why can't I go on without being understood, you know? But it's hard. It's not easy. It's a hard thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel that need too, Noah. So I understand. <laughs> I understand you. Thank you for understanding me. I feel like I've been honest and you heard me. <laughs> we get on all right at the holiday table. We could do it right there in front of the turkey, girlfriend. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> in case in case our vitamin A listeners didn't realize, we have two uh, coaches, uh, yeah. certified coaches here that are uh, a part of this conversation. <laughs> so they're good at asking questions and listening well. So mm -hmm. let's, uh, so we talked to family a little bit. Let's pivot to food. Mm -hmm. Food is something that uh, takes a central place a lot of times during the holidays. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite Thanksgiving or Christmas food? Um, we have some dear friends that always join us for Thanksgiving every year. And um, they always make this whipped, it's a pumpkin spice whipped cream. And it's stabilized with gelatin. So it's like really just thick. I could eat it straight out of the bowl. And so they make it every year for me. It's so delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds so good. Mm -hmm. my, my favorite thing is actually a snack food. My mom makes um, Chex Mix. And, you know, it's like Chex Mix, uh, Chex cereal and pretzels and peanuts. And uh, I think that's it. And like sticks of butter and Worcestershire sauce and seasonings and then bakes it in the oven until it's crispy. And I like the really dark ones that have extra... Worcestershire sauce and they're extra cooked. So like brown and dark, I'm all over that. So that's my favorite snack um, to eat Chex Mix during the holidays. I always look forward to about this time of year, my mom will start making it and sneaking me bags of it or tins of it. So that's my favorite. Oh, that's interesting. So it tastes savory, not sweet? It tastes savory. Interesting. I've and had something similar and in my family we called it puppy chow, but it was like baked in the oven, but covered in white chocolate. Yep, no, it's sweet. It's it's salty and yummy, and oh my goodness, it's so good. Yeah, that's my uh, I I sound like Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, where I'm like, I like the turkey and the mashed potatoes and the gravy with the little onions in it, because <laughs> I don't like the little onions in it. But no, uh, I'm just I'm a traditional turkey and mashed potatoes mm -hmm. type of guy. That is absolutely my favorite thing, and so uh, I love it. Um. So the holidays bring a that word obligation a lot of times again, uh, a, kind of a social obligation of drinking, eating, uh, or 
a lot of times stress and we stress eat during the holidays. Uh, Jess, uh, you lead the keto fit weight loss coaching. And so can you talk us through uh, some goals that we can have for the holidays in regards to food? Yeah. So um, I started keto on November 1st of 2013. And I thought, I'm just going to do this for like, I don't know, a few weeks, you know, drop some weight. But I ended up feeling so great that I knew that I was going to continue on with it. So lo and behold, here we are four weeks later for Thanksgiving. And at Thanksgiving, of course, everybody's making all these foods and people will be sometimes offended if you don't eat what they made or you don't want to eat what you've always in the past eaten, um, you know, traditions and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it can feel like an obligation. People will put food in front of your face and they'll say, here, I made this, try this, yada, yada. And you don't want to hurt their feelings or offend them or so on and so forth. Um, so I'm not here to dictate to anybody what you should eat and what you should not eat. Um, but I think you should know what you want to eat and what you don't want to eat before it happens. The answer so, to that is everything for me. And that's um, fine. And so. <laughs> yep, that's fine. If you, if you go into the holiday and it's just like you want to enjoy the heck out of it and then eat everything under the sun, good for you. If you're the type of person that after every single holiday you have, you are filled with regret instead of just food <laughs> and you want to be different this year, I would just encourage you to have a plan because even if you plan to treat yourself, then you do it and it was a planned behavior, you will feel good about it. If it was an unplanned behavior, you will feel awful about it. So I don't care what the plan is, but just have a plan going into it. If your plan is you're going to eat absolutely everything and you're going to feel amazing, then you at the end of the day will have accomplished your plan. It's a psychological <laughs> trick, right? But we always feel better when we are living in congruence with what we have said we value and what we want to do. So if we say, I feel awful when I eat carbs, I'm going to do my best not to eat them this year. And then you come down to it and because either you want to change your mind or because somebody else is putting pressure on you and you, you know, coalesce to that, you're going to feel awful either way. It's just about keeping a promise to yourself. So if you promise yourself that you're going to eat everything and then you promise keep that myself, promise, so. you will feel great. If I promise myself that I'm not going to, um, you know, coalesce to other people of other people's agendas for what I should eat that day. And I keep that promise to myself. I will feel awesome. That's, That's so good. That's so true. I love it. Um, for those that are listening, but don't have video. Um, I am, I'm chubby. <laughs> I've been chubby my whole life. Um, and so I'm a big guy, been overweight my whole life. Food's been a central part of my family system and a central part of my own personal system. And I am wanting to tell you this TJ and Jess, um, this is, I haven't told you this, I don't think. And I'll tell the world tomorrow is two months since I changed my life regarding my relationship with food. So oh. I'm 25 pounds down and feeling great. And I'm more excited about the mind changes happening for me than the weight. I don't, the weight will come. I'm convinced if I keep my mind healthy about my relationship with food. So yeah, I'm working on changing that relationship. That's where I comfort my broken heart. 
That's where I medicate my pain and hurt, my low days, my all, everything. I turn to food. So I'm working on that because I want to be whole and healthy. And But I was just thinking about the holidays. And uh, Jess, you've helped me a lot here just to make sure I have a really intentional plan that I can win. Mm -hmm. So anything I'm angry that I can't eat, I'm going to enjoy two bites. That's what I just, it's the only decision I have made. Like if I'm like, I'm really upset I can't eat that, I'm not going to say I can't eat that. I'm going to eat two bites. Right. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Really good in other ways. Yeah. One of the things Jess really helped me about with when she started keto was she said there's moderators and abstainers. Mm -hmm. Like people that can abstain, they'll just abstain and be totally cool with that. Mm -hmm. um, moderators, they need to moderate and take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I find myself in the moderator category because I feel like I am pissed if I don't get to eat that. Like, and it's not just being true to myself. I'm just angry that I don't get to do that. And so uh, I've, I've learned myself there and then trying to control myself a little bit more with the, the moderation stuff. Do you want to expand on some of that? Or? Yeah, a lot of people, you know, maybe if you feel confused by it, um, one of these two categories is hell on earth for you. Hell on earth for you is either having something that's completely off limits that you will never be able to enjoy again. If that's hell on earth to you, you're probably a moderator. If it's hell on earth to you to try to control or moderate the amount of something that is allowed into your life, rather than just cut it out entirely, then you're probably an abstainer. So for me, I'm an abstainer. I, I, lack self-control. It sounds crazy to say because I'm probably one of the most disciplined people that you will ever meet. Um, self-regulation is extremely important to me because I feel like I lack, lack self-control. So for me, it's easier to just cut something completely out of my life and have zero decision fatigue about it. It's not a decision. It's just not, I just don't do that. But TJ is a moderator where if he, he needs to have a quote unquote cheat day or treat day, however so often, and that keeps him going. Yeah. Great. I would follow up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But Noah, I just wanted to, um, you know, kind of circle back to one thing that you said, how you said, if you feel angry that you can't have something that you're going to let yourself have two bites of it. I think that our language is just so important that we should never say, I can't have something. We just say, I choose not to. Um, right. because I feel better when I eat this way and I'm worth, I'm worth it, you know? Um, so really it's a, it's a loving behavior to choose not to eat something. That's it's so not, good. Yeah. It's not harming. The, the, the kids, the kids will say, um, when we're doing dinner and I'll make something, they'll be like, daddy, are you allowed to have that? Or mom or something? You can't have that. Can you? And, and I'm like, Oh, I swear if they say I can't have it again, I'll eat whatever I want to eat, you know, <laughs> type of thing. And so <laughs> I find myself reacting and then no, I'm choosing not to have that, you know, it's, exactly. it's a better language. So that's really helpful yeah. to me actually. I've had to say that so many times because people are very well-meaning and they'll say, can you eat blah, blah, blah. And I always try to just say, I say it mainly for myself, but also to set an example for other people that it's not a lifestyle of restriction. It's a lifestyle of, of loving yourself and, and treating yourself the way that you deserve to be treated. What makes and you freedom so and freedom yeah. and choice. Like I have freedom to make choices that are going to sustain my life in ways that, what a powerful thing. I have freedom to yeah. choose not to do that. So yeah, I, I just I, love that language does matter so much. It is. It's important. And, and I say, I just say it over and over. I can eat whatever I want. I just don't want to eat that. 
you're in the driver's seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey friends, so man, that was an awesome first part of this. It's just some really great wisdom there from Jess and from Noah sharing with us, you know, how we can really do well with family and with food during the holidays. I hope that you'll join us next week for part two as we talk into and dig into the idea of finances during the holidays. So thank you for listening today. We look forward to having you back next week for Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership.